0: Welcome to the Thomas Industry Update Podcast. Actionable information for industry leaders. I'm Tony Uphoff. Hey, very excited to have Barry Zeckelman, who's the CEO and Executive Chairman of Zeckelman Industries on our podcast today. And for those that don't know, uh, Zeckelman Industries has grown to be one of North America's largest independent steel pipe and tube manufacturers. And since Barry took over the family business at just 19 years old, which that's going to be a question about what that felt like, Barry. So uh, so uh, you can uh, you can think about that for a sec. Um, Also, Barry and I really connected as he is a huge advocate of uh, reshoring manufacturing operations to North America and um, Zeckelman Industries is a family of 100 percent domestic companies. And as our listeners know, we at Thomas have been a huge advocate for North American manufacturing to take advantage of this huge upswing that we're seeing in reshoring. So, hey, so Barry, to start. First off, welcome. And oh, and let you. me ask you the first question. I'm someone who runs a family business that's 123 years old. Now, unfortunately, it's not my family business, but I'm fortunate to be a part of it. What was it like to take over a family business at 19 years old?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a little, you know, obviously drinking from a fire hose, but um, you know, at the time, I mean, it wasn't anything near what it is today. I mean, it was Really, a, a business that my father wanted to get running um, was trying to get it trying to get it going. Uh, spent several years trying to get it off the ground, and um, it was losing money. Had five employees, and um, was probably you know very close to, if not on the verge of shutting down. Um, he had some other businesses, you know, some apartment buildings, industrial real estate things like that that were you know you were there also. Um, but but this was really the the, the make or break. Uh, um asset that the, that the family had and um I, I knew he had a dream um he had been in other manufacturing businesses in the past and and this was one he was passionate about um and um you know we just decided for for better or for worse that you know let, let's try and make a go of it so it was a little bit naive but uh um, maybe maybe that was part of the charm and part of the uh, uh part of what worked right we we, we did it our way because we didn't know any other way
0: yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing, Barry, how often you hear that from entrepreneurs, that, you know, it, it was passion and drive, and, and frankly, they, they didn't know they couldn't walk through walls. And, and so you end up doing things that perhaps people with more experience feel too constricted to do or have lost that sense of, of you know, um, of, uh, of drive, if you will, that, you know, hey, let's try something. Maybe it hasn't been tried before.
1: Well, yeah, I, I think you don't really know what can hurt you, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, you you go into it with um, um, eyes wide sh- wide wide shut, actually. Yeah, yeah, and, and um, so 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 it's interesting. I I, I I will tell you that probably a, a lot of uh, what we went into it with then and there at that time probably still exists today. You know, which is why we keep doing what we're doing and growing like we grow and trying new things and, um, you know, having that why not attitude. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I love it. If, if I go back, Barry, to that era where there was four or five employees, I'm going to take a stab at this, but I'm going to guess that I'm right, that the vast majority of those folks were significantly older than you.
1: Um, you know, the plant manager uh, uh, was, but, but I, I will tell you there were some some pretty young guys out there on the floor, okay. but, but in general, yeah, they were, they they were older than me. And you know, you, who's this 19 year old kid walking in. And I, I, I never thought of myself that way. Um, uh, but, but remarkably, you know, I'll look at my 19 year old
0: son today and I shake my head and I go, Oh my God. What is that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, just one more related question to that, yeah. that theme. What's the one thing that, that you kind of wish you knew at 19 that you now know? is there anything like you'd give your 19 year old self advice looking at at the status that you've now achieved
1: I well, well there's there, there's a lot of things but but I think the beauty of it was not knowing them right and and and, and you know so I, I can't say that I wish I had this tool or I wish I had this tool because because learning them on the fly um, was, was part of, I think, what got us here today. I mean, and it's, and, and that, that, that ability to, to gain that knowledge from the ground up is invaluable. If anything, uh, uh, Tony, I I would say the other way. I wish my son got the, the ability to learn it from the ground up like I did. He's actually going to miss that if he chooses, if he, if he chooses to go into the business, he'll never get that. And, and, and you can't, whole and and you can't hold that against him or anyone else, but they'll never get that. It, it It's too different of a business today. It's too big, It's far too complicated to ever be the guy on the floor bundling the tubing. I mean, okay, start there, but it's just you know, you're just not going to learn enough. You just won't be able to soak it up.
0: Yeah, it's such great advice, Barry, because I have to say, you know an enormous number of our listeners are involved in family businesses. And, you know, there's, as you well know, the demogra- demographic folks refer to this as the pig and the python. It, a huge chunk of them, particularly in North America, are, by baby, are run by baby boomers yeah. who likely founded these companies and they're starting to transition. Yeah. And, you know, how how do you do that and how do you think of that next generation and and how do you teach them the business? And for some of these businesses, certainly yours, they become far larger and more complex. It's an era of specialization as opposed to generalization. So it's a it's a different environment.
1: Yeah. So I think one thing you got to take out of the equation is why do you assume that 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 your your uh, uh, um, uh, children or whoever next generation are going to be the ones that run the business? Fair point. Just because their name is there doesn't mean they're going to run it. I mean, we've got, we've got, terrific. yeah, we've got, ter- and I'm not saying that in a, in a bad way. It, it may not, it, it, they may not even want that either. Right. It's too much. So, you know, um, uh, remember we've got terrific, terrific teammates in the business and leaders there that are, are, are are capable of and do the job today. And, um, you know, I, I owe each and every one of them that 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 opportunity, and also that that, that debt of gratitude, and the, and also uh, the responsibility that uh, the the company is going to be cared for in the proper manner because it's their livelihood, it's their life. So so I, I'm not about to put a, a, an unqualified driver in the seat, and 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 nor and nor would an unqualified driver want to get in that seat. It's too dangerous. So. Um, uh, so we're going to put the right driver in that seat at, at whatever point in time. And, uh, and um, uh, if my son or my daughter or my niece or my nephew uh, happened to be properly qualified to, to take that car and drive it, then, then so be it. But um, I think it would take a long time for them to get there. And, and we'll see how that runs out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really good point. Um, we're always fascinated and our listeners always want to know, particularly about folks that have have had sustained success in the industry is kind of daily habits and and how you manage things. Take us through what a day in the life is like today, Barry, because it's a much more multifaceted business. And then maybe as a follow-up, how would you contrast that to what it was like when it was a far smaller, uh, business?
1: Yeah. So, so. I mean, certainly today, you, you know, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Yes. Right. And that doesn't mean everything. Um, but 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 certainly you have to know the metrics of what to look for in the business. Um, and, and, and that will give you a, a, a pulse and a heartbeat of how the business is performing. Um, from that, you then need to use a lot of other other tools that you have. Whether it's intuition, whether it's common sense, whether it's all of the other data points you gather uh, that will help you tweak uh, 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 the direction uh, uh, of the business, then, then so be it. But so, so largely my day today is is spent around uh, uh, looking at the data points, making sure it's on track. If it is, there's, they're, they're all green lights, then I'm looking at other things. I'm looking at longer term Uh, visions for the business. I'm looking at acquisitions. I'm looking at capital expenditures. I'm looking at uh, um, uh, dreams we may have and how to achieve them. Um, You know, uh, know, I'm looking at all of those things, the capital structure of the business. I'm looking at talent, right? Because that's a big issue. You know, how do we bring in new talent? I'm also looking at the the, the responsibilities we have corporately uh, uh, to the community. I mean, we're not just a corporation, we're a culture and uh, and we're a community and we have to uh, 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 abide by and be good stewards of all of those so you know i'm looking at what i need to do as a community leader how can i help you know all of those things that are that you know that that the 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 people that we have the teammates that we have afford me the time to go do that and put our best foot and face forward i'm looking at a lot of longer term you know government policy issues and trade issues and then we're looking at what goes on uh, uh, you know around the world so uh, every day is some of that. Um, you know, I, I, I would say the thing that's hardest uh, uh, to maintain is what I had in the beginning is the the actual almost minute by minute hour by hour pulse of what's going on in the plant, right? Uh, the pace at what you're operating, how the people are, their mood, their their, uh, uh, their morale, um, what the motivation is, their the excitement on the ground. And, um, you know, I spend time going to the plants and anybody in our company will tell you, you know, Barry's walking around the plant again. And, you know, um, um, you know, why does he do that? I mean, I, I, I do that because I need that energy. I need to feel it. I need to see it. I need to talk to people. I need to understand what, what, what we might be doing, right. What we might be doing wrong, um, you know, where we need to improve, um, getting the concerns of, of, of our teammates or, uh, or just listening and seeing our products, seeing them, it's meaningful. You know, you, you, you can't just sit in the ivory tower, so to speak and, and manage about some people do. I don't, um, you know, um, uh, I, I like to say that I don't like to look outside and, 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 and you'll speculate what the weather might be or, or how hard the wind is blowing, I want to go stand out there and feel
0: it in my face. You bet. You bet. Well, you know, it's funny, Barry, as you're talking, I, I, I was a part of a generation that was raised on literally a technical terminology they called management by walking around. And it was a, a balance, exactly the way you described it, of metrics that matter, measuring those metrics, being rigorous about your output and your performance, your workflow, all those things, but to add a qualitative perspective of, and, and they used to literally measure, we used to have bosses that would measure how much time I would spend in the field or, you know, team out with various parts of the business. And to your point, boy, after a few years of experience at that, I could almost take the temperature of an office by walking in the door. You know, there's almost this physical exchange of energy where I could tell you, hey, these guys are kicking ass here. Things are going well. Or I could walk in and go, uh-oh, some, something's going on. Right, I and I, I didn't know what yet, but I could feel it. You know?
1: Yeah, you're spot on. You can sense that. Right? Yeah. And and look, again, it, it's it's it it's hard because um, I enjoy people. I want to know them. I want to yeah. know what's going on. I, I'm I'm a people person, and I'm not I'm not quite able to uh, to make that contact that I that I had when we were smaller, and um, I I I miss that, and um, you know I hope that. You know, the, the, the people that we have leading the, the, the company today are doing that, and I know they are, and are, are, are using those same tools to, to, to manage it. But I miss that.
0: Barry, one of, the, one of the transitions that a lot of leaders that we talk to go through is, as businesses grow, as you've done a remarkable job of growing yours, is the shift from one-to-one communication, like you and I are doing right now, to one-to-many communication. How do you do that Ed Zeckelman? Do you do you do it through, t- you know, video town halls? Do you do it through emails? What, do, you, do you have a, a set series of processes that you go through there?
1: Well, so so I used to do I used to do town halls. Right. I, I used to do it by walking around every day and just stopping and talking to people. Um, I used to do it through town halls and those will come up sporadically from time to time. Largely the, the, the business unit leaders, uh, presidents will do their own town halls and plant managers will do theirs and, and, um, and, and do that because you have to let them grow and they should be doing that and they should be learning how to do that and they should be learning how to read that. Uh, otherwise, what is it? Just me, right? And it can't be just me. It's not. Um, um, I, I, will, I will get on a lot of conference calls and, and, and talk and I will also send out from time to time communication to the entire company. Um, and certainly, uh, uh, do things like this, um, that are posted where anybody can listen into and, and hear, you know, just what, what I'm about and what we're about and, and, and make sure that they, they understand the direction. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to lie. I might, I might not say always what you want to hear, and but I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I'm just going to tell it as, as it is. I think, I think, I think, um, I think people have respect for that. That I'm, they not, do. I'm not. I'm not afraid to do that. I'm not going to run and hide,
0: yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Let's let's segue a, a little bit into our, our mutual interest, if you will. And and boy, we're not alone in this by any stretch of the imagination. I'll set a little bit of backdrop. You know, uh, as 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 you and I have talked before, uh, Barry, the, the, this this um, phenomenon, I'll call it, of reshoring has been taking place for the better part of a decade. But it is clearly accelerating. So our data is now showing upwards of 70 percent of U.S. manufacturers are either actively pursuing reshoring options or actively evaluating them. So some of this is the effect of of the pandemic and there's a lot of different dynamics, trade uh, regulations. Just, you know, share with our listeners, how how did you how did this become a passion of yours and, and how did that whole kind of awareness you had on this initially develop?
1: Well, well, look. I, you know, I, I've seen what what manufacturing operations have done in communities, right? And and what what making something does in in a community, and what those jobs provide to a community. So, you know, while yes, Starbucks and Tim Hortons or whatever are are wonderful places to have, um, you know, um, you need more. Right. You can't just be a service driven, you know, economy and environment. It isn't it isn't robust enough in terms of, of learning and skill development. I mean, obviously, there's a lot there are, is a lot there. I'm not putting that down. I mean, I think everyone should work in a restaurant, to learn a lot. Uh, I did. Um, I did as, as well. One. But but, you know, manufacturing jobs provide a lot more and the spin-off jobs provided by them are extremely important. You know, you've got a technical aspect of it. You've got uh, um, um, making things that require parts. You've got transportation of, of those parts. Um, you've got a skill set that, that earns a higher wage and a higher living. Um, and, um, uh, you, you know, those are things we're all, we're all striving for. And what it provides to a community is purpose. And I, I, I think a lot of the problems that we have today, a lot of the frustration amongst younger generation um, who are out there looking to find themselves, who who may not otherwise be computer coders or, or doctors or whatever, you know, they're, they're looking to find themselves. And they, they need choices to be able to do that. They need opportunity. And um, they need to see their parents have that. They need to see their brothers and sisters have that and their cousins and their friends. And, you know, that provides hope. Um, and that releases and relieves anxiety um, in many ways, which then, you know, takes care of a community. It provides a living, it provides education, it provides shelter, right? It provides food on the plate. So then you get away from crime and incarceration and drug abuse and property devaluation and blight and, and all of those things that create a lot of the tension and survival instinct and, 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 Um, That tension uh, uh, bubbles over and boils over into what we're seeing today, um, where people don't know what they can do and how they're going to make a living. So they're looking for, oh, my God, I've got to take the have-nots, have to take from the haves, and that's the only way we can make it survive. That doesn't work. You know, we have to give everyone an opportunity, everyone, white, black, Latino, Hispanic, you know, know, Chinese, woman, woman. Uh, uh, transgender, doesn't matter. They all have to have the ability to sustain and and make a living and contribute and have a community and have a purpose. And then that tension goes away. So the cost of not having this available here is astronomical, right? We pay for it in more ways than we can ever imagine. Um, So while we buy a cheap product from China or Taiwan or, or wherever... Do we really know the cost of it? The cost of it is much higher than we think. And, and I think we're starting to realize that. And um, I, I just want to see everybody excel. And I don't mean I want to take away from China or the Philippines or from Thailand. I want them to do well as, also, but not completely at the expense of us. So, so there's a balancing effect here. That doesn't mean I want to cut China off and go away. I want China to do well, right? But I want us to do well also. So we have to find a common ground. We have to find a balance there where, you know, we can help everybody, right? Not not just help Americans, because Americans fundamentally and Canadians, we want to help everybody. We we want everyone to do well. A rising tide floats all boats. So, you know, my passion came from seeing the communities that, that we're in. Um, flourish because of us, right? And and I, I saw early on that we make a difference. And if we can make a difference, then many more like us can help make an even bigger difference. So let's figure out how to do that. Let's figure out how to get a lot more Zuckelman Industries here, right? Let's, and there's wonderful, wonderful companies here, whether they're multinational companies or they're family-run companies. Um, uh, whatever they all contribute they all have a part in it they all they all have the capability to, do it. and and we all can do do it here
0: and do it well you know i can feel your passion and by the way i share it thanks for listening to this episode of the thomas industry update podcast to hear the rest of my conversation with barry zeckelman check out the extended video cut now available on youtube linked in the show notes of today's podcast